you know, sometimes as a cis, white, sort of straight male, I really am like, why am I doing a podcast? There's nobody who really needs to hear what I have to say about various things. But then I realize sometimes I can utilize that privilege I have being a cis, somewhat straight, white male, and utilizing that privilege that I have in helping my comrades who may or may not literally have a microphone in front of them. One of the things I can do as an ally to any cause is to utilize my microphone to amplify their message. So, that being said, the best part of doing a podcast is utilizing my knowledge and my hardware and my connections to try to help amplify the voices of people who are oppressed in America and help ourselves, help them to get out of that oppressed state that is foisted upon them. Welcome to Red Leg Revolution, a show about community. I am C-Dubs, and today we're doing one of the hybrid episodes I do where I kind of just have some notes and some resources, but I didn't script it. Because I feel like it's really important that we have a little conversation about laws going on in my area that pertain to the rights of my trans friends. So we're going to talk a little bit specifically about the laws. I don't want to get too deep into the actual issues that affect the trans community because I'm not trans and I do not have somebody who is available at this exact moment to hop on mic with me and talk about the problems they face every day. But I did think that with the laws that were recently passed in both Kansas and Missouri, it is imperative that I get some knowledge out there. So this is definitely a topic we will revisit in the future with one or more of my trans comrades. But for right now, we're really just going to focus on the laws. And yeah, so let's get right into it. So let's start with the state of Missouri. We're going to start with them because I'm from Kansas and we have a deep-seated history (laughs) of not liking Missouri and talking shit on them. There are numerous past episodes where we go deeper into that, but also because of the two bills that I am going to read about, it's the one that scares me a lot more in the immediate effect. And sadly, Kansas is is trying to follow the same path. But let's start by shitting on Missouri. This probably explains why I don't have any listeners in Missouri. I recently switched my podcasting platform hosting thing. I don't know. I'm bad at the technical stuff. But anyway, I switched it, and my new analytics are a lot better, and about half my United States listeners come from Kansas. And at least since I switched from my old provider, I have no listeners in Missouri. So I don't know. State of Missouri... Um, sponsor me, but only for medical marijuana. So, yeah, let me get back into the serious article here. So, from the Associated Press, uh, article by Hannah Schoenbaum and David A. Lieb, published April 14th, 2023. Quote, a first-of-its-kind emergency rule introduced this week by Missouri Republican Attorney General Andrew Bailey will impose numerous restrictions on both adults and children before they can receive puberty-blocking drugs, hormones, or surgeries for the purpose of transitioning gender. 
Transgender rights advocates have vowed to challenge the rule in court before it takes effect April 27th, but promises of swift legal action have done little to ease the worry of trans Missourians like Bridgman, who says it may be time to flee the state. End quote. So I do need to say, as I'm doing this, because it is an off-the-cuff kind of episode, I've been aware that these bills were getting passed in the State House, but I have not had a chance to really sit down and document this stuff. So basically, you know how they have those YouTube videos of, you know, mobsters reacting to heist movies or whatever? Consider this a cis ally reacting to bad transgender people news. So let's get back to this article. Quote, Before gender-affirming medical treatment can be provided by physicians, the regulation requires people to have experience an intense pattern of documented gender dysmorphia for three years, dysphoria for three years, and to have received at least 15 hourly sessions with a therapist over at least 18 months. Patients would also have to first be screened for autism and social media addiction, and any psychiatric symptoms from mental health issues would have to be treated and resolved. End quote. Okay, so that is obviously horrible in a lot of ways. Like, first off, that's very, very invasive on all sorts of levels. Like, why do you need to go into my mental history? It's not necessarily... Okay, so it's kind of a sticky wicket there because obviously your ability to present as the gender that you were born as is an important thing and definitely affects your mental health if you're having to hold back from being able to do that. But on the flip side, you know, people with mental health issues doesn't tie into their gender (laughs) expression, right? I mean, I have mental health issues. They're well documented, both on this show and in the real life, and I am aware of my gender, and I know that that is the gender that I, that, that I am. It's not just because it was foisted on me. I've affirmed my own masculinity, and that's who I am. So it's really messed up to be like, you know, hey, if you have depression, then you can't be transitioning because you have depression. You have to fix that depression, and then we'll know for, for true if you actually want to transition. It's, it's a dodge. I mean, we know how messed up healthcare is in this country, and it's it would be impossible to meet that particular standard. So, and then you add in the inherent classism of requiring therapy sessions when our mental health systems in America are so severely underfunded, and many of us don't have insurance or have insurance that doesn't qual or qualify and pay for things like therapy. So that's another impossible hurdle that the state house is putting down specifically so people are not able to transition. They are not out and out making it illegal with this particular bill to transition, but they're basically doing what they did not not this group of republicans, but when marijuana first became illegal, it was technically legal to possess uh, if you had a marijuana tax stamp, but they didn't print any marijuana tax stamps, so it de facto made it illegal. So that's what's happening here. And it's a really shady political tactic, and it is going to get people killed. So back to that AP article. 
Quote, the regulation comes as Republican lawmakers across the country, including in Missouri, have advanced hundreds of measures aimed at nearly every facet of transgender existence with a particular emphasis on health care. At least 13 states have enacted laws restricting or banning gender-affirming cares for minors. Bills await action from governors in Montana, North Dakota, and neighbor Kansas, and nearly two dozen other states are considering legislation to restrict or ban care. End quote. So, as scary as what Missouri and Kansas is doing, I think it's even more terrifying that, you know, we're up to 13 states who are banning life-saving care for transgender people, and and that's scary. It's getting to the point where it's like, people are like, oh, well, vote with your feet. Well, where am I going to move if, if you're transgender? Like the number of, of states where it's safe to be the person you were born as is just shrinking and shrinking. And it's obviously the Republicans who are, are pushing this. And another thing that really scares me is, you know, transgender people were, like, not to make everything about World War II, but it is some similarities insofar as the people in the LGBT community, particularly the transgender community, being singled out, which is the first step to a genocide. Do you want a genocide? Because that's how you get a genocide. So it's, yeah, it's disturbing all over, and I have a bunch of other opinions that kind of tie into this, but they're the ones I should probably save for the episode I do with one of my transgender comrades. So, so yeah, Missouri is is getting scary. I have a lot of friends who live on the east side of the metro who are already trying to figure out what to do next. You know, do you pick up and move? Do you try to get your medication through online sources that may or may not be what you actually need them to be? That if they're not what you need them to be, they could, you know, damage your insides or totally damage your progress into transitioning into the embodiment of who you want to be so it's really it's really messed up and you know as much as I crap on the election process for the national level it's stuff like this that really reminds me how important it is to get involved at the local level because it's the same assholes that always run these bills it's the same bigots from the same party who push this stuff and, you know, are, are basically paving the way for some real bad shit down the line. And we need to do what we can to stop it. So let's go ahead and jump to a write-up from the Human Rights Commission, which is somewhere. There's my notes. Um, and I know there are some issues with the HRC, but I figure it was a good resource to go over this stuff. So it's their question and answers page um, in the resources section titled Myth and Facts Battling Disinformation About Transgender Rights. So let's go ahead and talk. First off, aren't kids too young to transition? Quote, when a young child expresses that they are a gender other than the sex assigned at birth, their parents may support them in finding their own unique identity. This can involve changing the child's name, clothing, or pronouns. 
Once a transgender youth reaches puberty, a doctor may prescribe them with reversible puberty blockers to safely delay the effects of puberty. Puberty, blo uh, puberty blockers are not experimental treatments, but FDA-approved medications that have been used to treat precocious puberty in non-transgender children for several decades. Scientific studies demonstrate the access to puberty blockers reduces suicidal ideation, and the parents' affirmation of their child's gender identity reduces rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide to levels consistent with their cisgender peers. End quote. So that's what we're really looking at, particularly in the states that are trying to limit this stuff. Obviously, such as Missouri, it's going to apply to everyone. It won't matter if you're 12 years old trying to to align with your corporeal existence with your mental existence or if you're 45 trying to do the same thing because all these drugs are going to be restricted behind a wall of of access like every other drug but you know I can still go get a scheduled narcotic if I have a doctor and that's a pretty minor hurdle all things considered compared to what my transgender homies are going to have to do to to get the care that they need so that they don't have the depression and the anxiety and the dysmorphia dysphoria god I, it's not a word that i read very often y'all get what i'm saying so back to that hrc write-up quote how is anti-transgender legislation related to violence against transgender people since 2013, HRC and other advocates have tracked over 200 cases of fatal violence against transgender and gender nonconforming people across 30 states and 113 cities nationwide. Beyond fatal violence, the transgender and non-binary community faces higher rates of harassment and physical assault, including transgender young people with 43% of transgender youth reported being bullied in school. Laws targeting transgender people and the political rhetoric surrounding anti-transgender bills send a message that transgender people are not worthy of equal treatment, contributing to dangerous stigma that drives the epidemic of violence. Bottom line, when transgender people aren't valued, including by their own lawmakers, their lives are viewed by some as disposable, putting them at risk, end quote. And that goes for, you know, a lot of different subjects that we talk about on this show, whether we're talking about transgender rights or more broadly LGBTQ rights or the rights of natives or African American people or women or you know it's like I was saying a minute ago once you start devaluing people and separating them into a second class it makes it real easy to continue down the path that leads to a lot of people dead and a lot of bad, bad things that would come from that. And I think that's what they're kind of talking about here. And the culture shift is definitely real. Well, I don't even know if it's culture shift. I mean, culture war is definitely real, particularly when it comes to transgender issues. I mean, there's a reason that every Fox News watcher has very strong opinions about transgender athletes in sports, yet couldn't name an actual transgender athlete. It's kind of like Antifa. It's a boogeyman that the Republicans use to mobilize their base. And then laws like this are basically the, the payout to the constituents and their rage that was planted and fueled by the politicians. It's like when the mafia, you know, I don't know, makes a problem and then fixes it. That's, that's what's going on here with transgender rights. 
So let's take a quick break for doing some capitalism of some places that I'm pretty sure have very strong opinions on transgender rights and they're the right opinions <laughs> concerning like, you know, bodily autonomy and protection under the law and such. So yeah, check these ads out and then when we come back, we will talk about my home state and how we're fucking it all up. But first, here's some ads. Hey y'all, capitalism sucks, but Benavie Farms and Nursery is part of my community. Benavie Farms and Nursery is Kansas City's local sustainable nursery whose main focus is saving our little buzzing comrades, the bees. Bees are a primary pollinator for the world's food supply, and their species are declining at a rapid pace due to destruction of their native habitats. Benavie Farms and Nursery realize the importance of not only growing your own food, but also saving the bees. At Benavie Farms, they specialize in perennials, pollinators, and produce, so you can support a community initiative, plant a garden, and save the bees all at the same time. We talk a lot about food security on my show, and the first step is growing your own food for yourself and your community, and you can do that while saving our pollinators. The staff at Benavie Farms are knowledgeable, friendly, helpful, and inclusive, and can't wait to help you start or expand your garden this spring. To learn more about a sustainable no-till urban farm, go to benaviefarms.com or find Benavie Farms on Facebook. I just got my hours cut again? How can I pay my bills? Yeah, it sucks, especially since they only pay us minimum wage. But what can we do? Solidarity Man. That's right, fellow workers. It is I, Solidarity Man, champion of the working class, and it sounds like you need a union. A union? That's right. What power on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? So a union makes us strong? That's right. Alone, you can do little to change your situation, but together you can move mountains, and the industrial workers of the world are here to help. Huh? The IWW is a union for all workers, no matter the trade, job, or career, and we want to organize your workplace. Wow. Where can we find the IWW? In your hometown. The IWW has branches all over the world. Check out IWW.org to find your local membership board or join as an at-large member and start your own chapter. After all, our greatest superpower is working together. I must go. I hear another exploited worker calling for help. But remember, the working class and the employing class have nothing in common. Away! Bob was just a normal suburban guy trying to make ends meet until one day everything began to change. I guess I'll log into Facebook. Hmm, that looks like a fun main page. It came for him without warning. He had no idea what dwells deep in the swamps. Hey, they also just give away seeds and stickers. It had him hooked and he didn't even realize it. Well, Produce is getting expensive, and I've always thought about starting a garden. The beast from Florida is coming with one goal. Hey, and I could give the extra vegetables away too. Anarchy. Well, maybe it's just best, best if we all help each other. Coming to a post office box near you, the Skunk Ape Liberation Union. And we are back. Kansas, my home state, is pretty insane in a lot of ways, as I'm sure 
a large portion of my listeners know. Again, better analytics means I know that I've got a lot of listeners in the state of Kansas and a lot of listeners in the state of Washington. So, yo, shout out to my listeners, particularly in the PNW. You guys are are dope and keep doing what you're doing. So, yeah, Kansas is messed up. We are the state that for a while were laughing stocks in the early 2000s because we officially refused to teach the theory of evolution. We were the model when Trump took office and destroyed the entire economy. He was going off of what was known as the Brownback Plan, which is what the former governor of Kansas, Sam Brownback, did to the state. We don't have legal marijuana despite multiple years of efforts and all our neighboring states having legal marijuana. There's all sorts of problems with Kansas. It literally spawned a book called What's the Matter with Kansas that discusses exactly what happened, but a good book if you got the time to check it out. But particularly fucked up in Kansas most recently is our efforts at limiting the rights of transgender people. And of course, when I say our efforts, I'm speaking strictly of the Republican majority in the state house. Our governor, Laura Kelly, who I have various problems with, did attempt to veto this bill, and they got enough to override the veto because, again, American political systems are inherently broken. But let's read this article from the Kansas Reflector by Rachel Mipro and Tim Carpenter, published April 5th, 2023, titled Transgender Student Athletes Ban on the Books in Kansas Following Three Years of GOP Campaigning. Quote, Transgender girls are now blocked from playing women's sports from kindergarten through college following the legislature's successful override of Governor Laura Kelly's veto of a transgender student-athlete ban. The veto was overridden Wednesday with an 84-40 vote in the House and a 28-12 vote in the Senate. Both chambers barely met the two-thirds threshold to to override the governor's March veto. The third year in a row, Kelly rejected the legislation. Kansas is now the 20th state to pass a transgender student-athlete ban into laws, end quote. So, yeah, it's, like I was just saying, it's going all over, and it's different facets that we utilize to attack the rights of our transgender comrades, and this, the whole narrative of transgender women getting an unfair advantage in sports is nothing but propaganda and complete bullshit. So, back to that article. Quote, The legislation requires children to participate in school activities based on the gender they were assigned at birth from elementary school to college. Challenges could require them to undergo genital inspections or require a birth certificate for proof of the child's gender. It is one of several pieces of legislation aimed at transgender youth across the state, including a proposed Women's Bill of Rights that would ban transgender women from female-designated spaces and a bill that would block access to gender-affirming treatment for those under 18. End quote. So, just like Missouri, Kansas is also working diligently to make life-affirming care unavailable for trans people in the state of Kansas. And it's, again, where those local elections come in because they just barely had enough people to override Kelly's veto in this particular law. So all it takes is, you know, a few seats here or there, 
in some rural area for them to get a majority that doesn't matter if the populace overwhelmingly elected a Democrat mayor, they can over overthrow it again because our entire system is horribly flawed. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Again, I probably should have read this stuff ahead of time. I'm just like kind of floored to now that I'm doing this research basically on air at how many arms there are in this attack on my comrades and it is rightfully making me very angry and if I'm feeling angry like this knowing that I am not directly targeted by this I can't imagine the anger and the fear that my transgender comrades are going through right now on both sides of the state line I mean this is this is some pretty important stuff for us who are not transgender to understand. This would be like just, you know, if you're on a, a medication for your own mental illness, that'd be like somebody just taking my Lexapro or uh, Lamotrigen from me. Like it makes me unbalanced and a danger to myself. And <clears throat> as we establish gender-affirming health care and having spaces being accepting of trans people literally saves lives. It keeps people safe. It protects our community. And that's what we should be doing for everyone, most of all for the people who are oppressed for various reasons, such as their gender expression. You know, oh, and I guess it's also worth putting in here I, despite having many transgender friends and discussing these type of things frequently with them, I very well might mess up my language. I'm trying really hard to use the socially appropriate and accepted terminologies for this subject, and I also am not, it's not something that I really deal with on a frequent day-to-day -day level, and I need more practice at it. So if you notice I phrase something in a not-so-thought-out or understood way, I would really greatly appreciate it if, you know, you leave a comment on wherever you listen or, you know, get in my DMs or whatever. Like, help me educate the masses, because I'm not against going in and throwing a correction if need be, because with all the shit my transgender comrades have to face, I definitely don't want to be adding to that by utilizing outdated and outmoded language, which I guess is another reason I should have wrote a script for this. But again, time crunch, need to get this information out. Again, I've been wanting to do an episode about trans rights for a while now and the trans experience for a while now. And I'm still looking forward, this isn't that episode, I'm still very much looking forward to sitting down and having a nice long, maybe even a two-parter episode about just the existence of trans people in the heartland and the challenges they face and, you know, shit like that. So I think this is really the information that I needed to get out right now without trying to go too deep into it. So... Wherever you're at, definitely research what anti-trans laws are either on your books or currently be debated. You know, um, vote for people who are 
going to rescind or block those laws from going into effect. Um, definitely help your, your trans homies through the, the majesty of mutual aid. And that could be donating to funds so that they can get their necessary medication. That could also be potentially helping somebody move, like help them load the truck up. That's one of the, in late stage capitalism, that is one of the best things of practice I can think of just help people move, particularly if they're fleeing from a state that actively wants them dead. It's just be thankful that you don't have to like smuggle folks out in the back of your, you know, the trunk of your car under a blanket yet. So if all you have to do is go move a king bed and a few dressers, well, get off your ass, go do that, bring a six pack, you know, there's a lot of ways that we can help our trans comrades and you know if, the most simple one though if you know a trans person and they need a little financial mutual aid even just to get through the week because we know the discrimination that trans people face in the workplace you know kick them five bucks for a sandwich you know little things add up and I, it's really important like so many other things that the community that's being targeted knows that those of us who are not part of that community and claim to be allies are actually willing to put in the work to help them be safe in their level of existence. I could go on, but I think at this point I'd just be talking circles around myself and starting to track into ground that I don't want to do by myself. So remember to help, help out everybody, and after listening to this episode, I hope you're inspired to go help out a trans homie in one of the ways I outlined or, you know, call your state rep and leave them a very angry message. Hey, you know what? There's no law against drunk dialing your state reps. So, you know, go, go get some vodka or some, some whiskey, whatever you prefer and drink that whole bottle down. Just make sure you're state reps are already programmed into your phone so that you can call them and you don't accidentally start yelling at your mom about transgender rights and she's just like what you know make sure you're getting the right number but yes drunk dial your senators if if i ever get a a merch shop set up that will probably be one of our first t-shirts yes you should drunk dial your senators but more importantly, help out your trans homies, help keep them safe. Let's do what we can because I'm really scared that it's going to get worse from here for them. And after all, our only hope is each other. I'm out. Deuces.